hi everybody if you are watching the video you're gonna know what i mean when i say why does my complexion look really crazy like i look sick or, or something but hi um welcome back to emo girl chronicles i'm your girl joyce tristan this is kobe my three-year-old baby and yeah I am so sorry that it's been a while since we last talked. A lot's happened. A lot of decisions have been made. Um, you know, ugh, where can I, where do I even get started? Oh my God. Um, well, first of all, I got Botox on my lips. I don't know if you can tell. Nobody, you know, in regular life could tell. But it's called a lip flip. Um, but I can tell when I'm drinking out of a straw, when sometimes, like, when I was on vacation and it was just a week into it, now we're two weeks into it, um, two weeks plus, maybe, like, 16 days. But certain words literally felt weird. I was, like, making a mess every time I was eating. Yeah, it was tough. It was real tough. But, um never going to do it again. I highly just do not recommend, you know, highly recommend against it. I don't know about filler. I'm not going to do it. Um, but you know, to each their own, this Botox, I was like, oh, Botox, um, does disintegrate filler. It just kind of settles. Botox, it like disintegrates and it's nothing. And people use it for like actual medical purposes. Like, um, you know, sweat glands or like, uh, migraines, you know, things like that. So maybe, you know, it's not filler. It's not like a, like filler's very, I don't know. I was just like, it's not filler. Also a price difference. Um, Botox was 200 and filler would be like 700. So yeah, I, I went with the Botox and well, you don't really see a difference, but I feel it. I feel it. So it's just not, I w would not recommend it. Uh, other than that, got my hair done and I could put a little red in it. Can't tell with that either. I got a new tattoo, got a whole sleeve in Toronto. So if you follow my Instagram, you saw, if you follow my TikTok, you saw the whole day. But this is a new artist, DJ Dr. Jinx, and this was, like, his, like, third month, um, tattooing, and it's from Chronic Inc. They're a really popular, um, tattoo shop, Toronto, LA, New York City, um, they have a lot of, like, kind of, like, um, pop-up shops sometimes because people love them so much that they want them to come to their city and then also artists they kind of have like almost like um like what is it called when like a residency like some artists like if you're from LA but you're gonna be in Toronto you can tell them you, you know you you could just kind of tour and you can go to a bunch of different chronic inks and you know 
every artist has a following on Instagram. So, you know, you just hope that they come to your city soon. I actually follow this one tattoo artist from, I think, Sweden. And he does the coolest tattoos. They look like, they look like it's a word, and but it looks like it's underwater. So it's kind of like wiggly. And then the colors, they'll kind of, um, you know how water, it starts, if you put water on paint, it like goes a little bit lighter. That's kind of like what it would look like too. So yeah, who knows if I'll ever go to Sweden, but you know, I follow him and if he ever makes his way anywhere, I I really want to tattoo from him. Um, somebody asked me today actually like, oh, so you're just going to tattoo everything all the time? And no, the answer is no, I'm just going to tattoo whenever I want. I can't make decisions like that. When I got this tattoo, first off, I loved it. Um, at the very top is a eye, love an eye, Mexican culture. There's an evil eye, which just means, um, you know, you don't want people giving you bad vibes, um, or like staring at you too much and like kind of judging you. A lot of people, like, if you walk into a room and people are, like, looking at you, like, your loved ones, they come and, like, they touch you and, like, say hi. And they'll be like, I don't want to give you bad vibes or, like, mal de ojo or um, kind of ruin your little third eye. Be- so I wanted to say hi, touch you, just let you know I was looking at you and you look good. You know, something like that. Because... I, I would say the easiest way to explain it is, like, if you walk into a room and somebody's, like, staring at you, you don't know if it's good, bad, or good or bad vibes. And if they don't come up to you and talk to you about it, you're never going to know. And you're probably going to think the worst. And then it kind of affects you. And that's el mal de ojo. So uh, a lot of people do it to, like, babies, too. I think, honestly, I think it just goes down to, like... um you see a baby in the room and you're like, well, whose baby is this? How old is this baby? Is it a boy or a girl? Like, you just have a lot of questions. And so you need to come and touch the baby. Like, that's just little things. Mexican culture is superstitious. Super superstitious. Um, So, yeah. Got the tattoo. Love the tattoo. Love it. So, there's that eye. Then there's um, a person, a woman, with like a little serpent all around her, and she's looking away. And I just kind of like the vibe of the serpent. It's like an SA survivor. Trigger warning. I'm going to be talking about SA today. So, yeah, the the woman is like an SA survivor, and she's looking away, and she's just you know, in almost, like, beach wear, like, very Grakian, Greek, like, I don't know, old type of Europe vibes, you know, like a Michelangelo type of vibe, and I don't know, she's pretty, and I like her, and, you know, it, to me, it feels like she is a fucking badass, she doesn't need a man, and she will survive anything, and she's just marching ahead. She's going forward, and you either got to get behind her, you know, or, like, try to get on her little, her little, um, 
her little train. I, I don't know. It just kind of really feels like she is independent. She doesn't need anybody. She's walking away. The little serpent is looking at you like, I'm a survivor. You can't hurt me. And I really like that. And then on the bottom is this little moon. And the moon really speaks to me because since I was little and I had like my little romantic relationships, I would always tell them that, and my friends maybe, and like, I I would just kind of think it as well. I don't know if I've actually ever actually told some, I don't know. As a survivors, you forget a lot of things. You just kind of bury it. But, um, I would always tell people like the same moon I'm looking at is the same moon you're looking at because like we're on the same coast, like it really is the same moon. Um, and it's just like funny and like so cliche or like cringe, but yeah, I didn't actually design this, but it just spoke to me. So I kind of entered in his little raffles and I won and I love it, but when I was getting it, it was going to go all the way up to my muscles as well. Like right now, it's just on my forearm, ends at my elbow, but on the inside, starts at my wrist. And it was going to go all the way up to my muscles, but I, like, it just wasn't aligning correctly. And it was not, it was just not going right. And we tried it like three or four times and just, I didn't want to see it all the time. I like it when it's on the insides of my arms so I can hide them and, you know, like sleeves kind of, I just didn't, it, it was like, even when it was resting on my like bicep, you could still see it. But the way that your forearm goes, you kind of always have your hand down and your forearm down you just it you barely ever see like the insides of your forearms but um that's why they're always so pale but like on my muscle I was just like that's a lot right now for right now and I already have a 222 on this this arm so but it's like small you know so whatever I opted to not do the top half of his tattoos um because they were just really freaking me out they weren't perfect and then just seeing it like when you know it was in blue ink on my pen with pen when I was seeing it on my forearm and my little um my muscles it was like too much it was too much blue it was really freaking me out then he got rid of the muscles and then it was just my forearm and it was still freaking me out so I was um talking to some of my friends and I was like when you guys got your sleeves was it freaking you out were you like this is a lot of tattoo and they were all like no because they put the outline in first and you just get used to it and that's what you want and I'm like I'm not used to it yet like I'm not and I'm scared that I'm doing the wrong it's a wrong decision but and even when I was done with the tattoo I feel like you could probably, like, tell with my face and my attitude that I was, like, shook at, like, how big it was. And then, um, I was driving back and I was calling my friends and I was, like, even though change, even though I wanted this change, even though I really wanted this, I paid for it everything, 
it's still hard. Like, it's very interesting. Change is always hard, even when you want it. And then I was just kind of thinking about other times in my life when change was hard, even when it was the best thing for me. Like, um, when I was leaving Elba for the first time and I was going to Jersey, I was like in my box. It was like a couple, maybe the last night before I moved all the way down for the foreseeable future forever. Um, I was like in my mom's bed crying because it was just like I was leaving my family. I was going to a whole new state. Um, I only spent like two months there before moving, you know, full time. And I wasn't... I didn't live in the, I lived in a whole separate area and I'm pretty sure I didn't even have a car. Like my mom, my dad drove me like in the morning to work and then that afternoon I got the car. But how scary is that? (laughs) So yeah, yeah, there was a lot of unknown and even though It was the best decision for me. It was really hard. It was really, really hard. I remember when I was in college, my freshman year especially, I was so homesick all the time. I had a boyfriend and I missed him. But also mostly like my mom. It's always my mom. I missed her and just the easiness of life when she's around and the comfort of just like, I don't know, when your mom's, when my mom's around, it's just like, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Like, that's how it feels. So obviously when she wasn't at college, that's not how I felt. And it was so hard, but that was the best decision for me. Like I had to stay in college. I had to dorm. Um, it was a great school. I made the best friends, best alumni. Like that was exactly what I had to do and I loved it too and I do and I did I was just still homesick I loved it and I was homesick I was happy loved my friends but I still missed my family and I was still sad that I wasn't around so it's change is hard um and that kind of brings me to what I've been talking about lately with some people with my family, with my friends, um, this idea of being happy and depressed, being okay and sad. Like, um, one of my friends, he said, he says that he would never label himself depressed, even though he's been going through it. He has his ups and his downs. He would never say that he's depressed because that brings a lot of heaviness and also more symptoms and also kind of like a longevity or like a kind of like a permanence to this diagnosis and it it could get into his head, he says. And my mom was saying I was really, really anxious to go on the trip to South Carolina um, for a multitude of reasons and I was crying 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 and well not crazy but yes I was (laughs) and my mom was like 
I'm just confused and like surprised that there's this much emotion and like negative sad emotion when you were happy and you were looking forward to it and it's your best friend like of course you want to go and you loved it last time and you were fine this morning and I'm like well I am fine and she's like well why are you saying that you're depressed and then I was like because I am I don't think that the two are mutually exclusive I think that you can be both and I say that because I can be happy about happy about my friend getting married so proud but sad that well I'm in such a weird place with my ex that I went with and honestly me and hotels have a really bad um memories and just like packing gives me anxiety if my house isn't like perfect that gives me anxiety leaving Kobe gives me sadness and like I miss him so yeah I mean I think they can have a bunch of different emotions because they correspond to different things um about South Carolina though so that was the night before um, the trip there, like the flight, like that was hectic, but me and my ex really like got each other in our emotions. Like we just really understood each other and those emotions going into the the trip. And even like without really talking about it, we just could like telepathically feel it feel the anxiety the worry the excitedness all of those different emotions of going on vacation together so we were bonding over that and then we just had a really good time like literally um he's a car guy and we saw his favorite car ever within like an hour of being there And the guy that was driving that car was like, yeah, hop on in. Also, let's meet up later that night. What are you guys doing tomorrow? Like, he wanted to be our bestie. And I think that's kind of a test to being at the right place at the right time. And then good vibes bring better vibes, like attract better vibes. And also just kind of being like a dream team. But this is what I was saying last week as well, or a couple of weeks ago, an episode or two ago. I was saying that I usually think me and said person have a really have really good luck, and we bring forth really good things. But even when I say me and my ex, like within an oh, an hour. We had all these, like, meant-to-be things happen. I do kind of think even I brought it on. Or I accentuated it. It's like, it could be great, but then I made it even better. And I say this because the guy, he pulls in with this amazing McLaren, like, bright orange, um, super nice. And... 
he pulls in like right in front of our car. And so we're just outside eating canes and my ex is like, um, could cool car. And then the guy is like, yeah. And then they talk for like a little bit. Then the guy goes and gets his food and we're still eating and we're done eating. And then my ex wants to leave. And I'm like, I could feel it in my bones that he wants to talk to us. I think that we should stay and I'm going to (laughs) stall until he comes back out. And then the guy came back out and he was like, oh, funny seeing you guys here. Like clearly really wanted to talk to us because, you know, he could have just not said anything and we wouldn't have said anything either. But he had a little, you know, pickup line and then they chatted and they talked and got into each other's cars, whatever. Um, I, I like cars too, but like, um, but yeah, I mean, that was just kind of like me feeling the energy, trusting my gut, going with my gut. And I really made the experience that much better. Like, I don't know. And then just everything went better and better. It was a really, really good trip. Um, one of the last nights. Okay. The wedding. I'll just talk about the wedding real quick. The wedding was so cute. Like, this is my, I would say my most baby friend. You know, like, true friend. And then I know her, I've known her the longest. Oh, it makes me like cry a little bit now. But, you know. It's, like, so funny that we, like, we would play, like, princesses. I I don't think we really had too much of a, a boy crazy. I've always been boy crazy, but until our older years, when we would give each other advice, we would, like, be in the car for hours and give each other advice. Um, I don't really remember being younger and talking about boys like that, but you know, the whole princess thing was our thing. Like we were that young and it's just so cute seeing, you know, she found her guy and she's like all grown up, but she has been for like years. It's like, again, change is hard even when it's good. I think that Mostly the emotions are like, like she made it, you know, and with the most perfect person for her. And I know their story and, you know, I was there for all of it. And it really is like meant to be type of thing. And they're so good for each other in South Carolina is so like, where they should be, like, that's so meant for them, too, with them as well, like, um, little dominoes just kind of, like, fell into place as well, and that's when it feels so good that there's signs that tell you, like, you're doing the right thing, and you are where you're supposed to be, um, but she's made South Carolina, like, her home, and she really just took that 
that city by storm and yeah we just we have a lot of similarities like our dogs are the same age we got our houses at the same time but maybe honestly a lot of my friends and I were are like that it was just COVID I don't know but love her it was the most beautiful wedding and oh yeah no it was really beautiful but um so one of the last nights um I was talking to my ex and at one point I was just like well I don't think that you know me that well and then he was like hurt that I actually said that and meant it and I was like well you know me the most out of everybody but it's not if between one to ten you only really know me a four and he was like really hurt because he's been there for me several times and I've been there for him and I'm probably maybe I'm a bigger pillow pillar in his life than he is in mine and he was a little hurt about the not juxtaposition but he was a, like a little blindsided maybe or something he felt bad that he didn't know me more and and so I was just kind of like I'm so sorry that this hurts you but that's just my truth I don't think you know me that well and you're there for me but you're not a 10% a, a, a 10 there for me you know 1 through 10 if you want to be you're welcome to be if you want to get to know me more obviously that's fine I, I'm just going to be honest with you you got to be honest with yourself <laughs> you know your truth in your head is not my truth so you gotta figure that out type of thing and we like took some time apart and I was packing and I like called my mom and I was like yeah I think that we're in a little bit of a fight um I feel kind of bad but that's kind of my truth and like we haven't talked like he's in his room and I'm just packing and then my mom was like well I think that you should just talk to him and just make sure that he well make sure that he knows that you're not cutting him off because he's not at a certain level you you just voiced how you feel about things and then I was like yeah you're right so then we got together and we were talking it out and it like kind of like instantly hit me like as soon as I was saying that he doesn't know me, you know, at a 10, I was like, you know that I'm a essay survivor, but you don't know how bad, how many times, what happened, how I feel about it, who the person is. Like, you just don't know those types of details. You know 40% of, no, you know, like, 10% of the story. And there's some things that I can't even admit to myself. And I can't even admit it out loud. Like, I was trying that night to 
just kind of give him like a glance at just like how deep how heavy how many layers there really is but I couldn't really get it out and you know that's kind of on me I was talking to this other person too I, I yeah I, I think maybe three or four days ago and he was saying that my walls are so high that it's like intimidating and it just got me to thinking that very few people think that like my ex was shocked that I had walls even bigger and that he didn't know past a certain level of me like he didn't know and my friends would be shocked and wouldn't agree that my walls are so high they'd be like you're such an open book you know you're so easy to talk to we have so much in common I know so much about your life but there's so much more than that and yeah I'm pretty selective with who I talk to about my experiences but I'm pretty open about the general concept and advice and just conversation. I've struggled with depression since I was like, I feel like nine, like young, young. There was a lot of bullying in my school and it's really common actually um, in big schools and small schools of just somebody being bullied through the internet, through the phone, through just a cold shoulder, you know, kind of like the ganging up against a person, I would probably venture to say that I was also part of the people ganging up on other people. I don't think I, it doesn't matter, but that type of bullying went on and that's just a little bit of where it started the rejection like the rejection started there and that type of people pleasing like people pleasing is a real issue it's a real issue now that I'm talking about people pleasing me and my sister were talking about it recently as well and I think that our people-pleasing comes from just, like, birth. Just kind of like our literal childhood with our parents. And growing up, I would not change my childhood. I would not change it. Um, even with all of the traumas, well, I, I'm not going to say I wouldn't. Ch- I don't know. I don't know. It's a really big statement. My parents, though, are amazing. They're amazing. I wouldn't change them for the world. They did what they could. My dad, though, like, he was really hard to, like, please. Like, first off, he worked literally 17 hours a day. Saturdays, too. He would never come to my games. You know, he doesn't really look at my report card. Like, it's just hard to please somebody that's not really interested like that. Um, 
and he's just such a like a no-nonsense man like when I was showing emotion like when I was like upset he would just be like first off annoyed that his daughter is suffering like he's like this can't be right now I don't want my daughters to be anything but happy I'm pissed off already and also Joyce get it together like it's not that deep maybe you know I don't know what he's thinking but I'm sure it's of that and give him the benefit of the doubt and I just kind of like legitimately I just feel like he's a really great dad that just wanted the best for me it's just sometimes hard to show that I also believe that he had a little bit of an uh anxiety attack the first year of COVID which kind of puts my kind of validates me thinking that he also struggles with anxiety um and that's how I get I get it depression as well um he is a huge family person like obviously like we are his little jewels his little gems um loves us but he's really estranged from his like siblings and he rarely ever sees them there in Texas he doesn't see them in like 10 years like and if he has seen them it was one day he really struggles with leaving the home like Elba unless he's with us when he's with us and like we're on vacation like we've gone to Florida um we've been to Texas you know Mexico for like a couple days like when we're all together he's like I want to move my whole family here I can see a future in like West Palm Beach Florida I love it we wanted to move there for like a hot like six months we were like really like looking at things like um properties and talking to his bosses and like what kind of jobs can he get down there what kind of schools will we go to things like that so so yeah that's my dad um my anxiety my depression um at that time I remember I was going through a hard hardship with my probably with my friends and my love life I just remember it was hard and I really did want to go to Florida really bad I wanted like a fresh start and it's perfect with my family like still to this day I would follow them I say I say I wouldn't to Texas I probably, I probably won't to Texas. I probably won't. Um, but yeah, no, so anxiety and depression, it's just been a part of me and I've been to therapy for, since I was like nine years old, we had like group therapy with the friends that like, there was a drama. Um, in college, I went to therapy a few times when I was like really going through it and I'm pretty sure that's when I first started on on like antidepressants just for like a little bit and then in Jersey that was like four years I did um virtual I don't think I did therapy like in person over there but I did do virtual towards like the beginning of um COVID 
and that's when I went like straight up. I haven't really stopped in medication since then. I've switched medications, but the most I've been off medication was, was like six months since then. Like, that's probably like saying it's six months is probably a little too many months. But, um, for a while I was on Zoloft and then I was on Zoloft and Wellbutrin and now I'm just on Wellbutrin and that's more anxiety. And then, um, I also like not so much anymore, but it's just these like, they start to the age but it's it's just kind of like supposed to calm your anxiety attacks and I haven't really taken those in a while with my Wellbutrin right now I should be taking this one medicine that helps your nightmares it's crazy with Wellbutrin my nightmares are literally what I was anxious about earlier in the day and then it's your nightmare and it's a type of nightmare that you you can wake up from it eventually, but it's really hard to. And it feels like it was the longest dream when it was just like 20 minutes. It's like as soon as you, you're falling asleep, you're having this nightmare. As soon as you're falling asleep. And then you wake up and you can't really go back to sleep for hours. And then you do go back to sleep and it's no more nightmare. So that's why... And I would say that is um like six out of ten nights. So that's why I don't really take that second medicine a day. Because you're supposed to take it like right before bed, but like who knows when I'm going to fall asleep. So I'm just like, I'm going to roll the dice, six out of ten nights, I have a nightmare, and I get through it. I get past it, so I'm going to roll the dice, and I don't want to take that medicine. Um... One of my last nightmare last night was that I couldn't see. So I was asking like Google or Alexa to call my mom. And then they were like, well, what's her number? And I was like, I don't know what her number is. And I can't see it. And my iPhone, like I can't be clicking it because there's no buttons. And like I was blind, you know, like I couldn't just not see. I was straight up blind. And then, um, when I asked them again and I just made up a number, I was like, it's worth a shot. You know, I'm going to guess a thousand different numbers and I will get a hold of somebody that knows me, <laughs> you know, like, cause a lot of my numbers I don't save on my phone, a lot of them. So including my mom's. So it's like, I see it all the time. I'm, I'm bound to guess it. Um, and then, so when I asked Google or Alexa, they were like, if you're listening to this on speaker, I wonder if they heard you, the machines. I asked one of the machines, um, if they can call this number. And then they said, why do you want to call this number? And then I just started crying, crying, crying in my little nightmare. And then I woke up crying and I called my mom. And I was like, oh, this is so terrible. She was like, what time is it? I was like, literally 11.30. I just fell asleep. She was like, yeah, me too. It's going to be fine. I'm like, I know, but I just needed to make sure that I could still call you. 
<laughs> oh my god and the anxiety of the day was that I was in my um computer and I was looking at the screen and my eyes hurt so bad I was like it was like this quick thought I guess the thought stayed for a while but it quickly came to me it was like um oh my god what was it like when my mom first felt her symptoms before going blind and then like what kind of stayed was like what's gonna happen if I go blind (laughs) like where am I gonna work what am I gonna do oh girl that's scary because my mom had my dad and savings so what about me I mean I have literally my entire family (laughs) so that's good too oh my god um what else did I want to talk to you about I already have 40 minutes I like keeping these short because I don't want you to you know be bored or like be bored really is a big one but I want to put some type of routine like am I the assholes they're really good but right now I gotta like go look it up and read it out loud (laughs) I'll do it hold on There's nothing better than routine. I get it. So I'm here and I'm fully in it. So, am I the asshole for now moving out of my apartment so my brother can have it? Hi, first I want to say thank you for all the encouragement in the comments on my last post. It took me longer to deal with this than I expected. But finally, I think I found a solution. Wait. Here's the original post. God. Why's he got to do it like that? Am I the asshole for now moving out of my apartment so my brother can have it? I am a 23-year-old female. I have an older brother. He's 32. I moved out of my parents' house earlier than him and found a small place for myself that is really close to my job. This place is not the biggest. It's a one-bedroom apartment, but it is enough for one person and rent is very cheap, so I'm extremely happy with it. I put a lot of work into it and made sure it's my little happy space. Recently, my brother started staying over now and then. I don't have a problem with it. He works the night shift, and my place is also closer to his job than my parents' house. The problem began when he started bringing more and more of his stuff to my space. He brought his PS4, started gaming in my living room, and is overall just being a terrible and considerate guest and treats me like our mom. I brought this up with my parents, and my dad suggested that I should let my brother live there and get myself a new apartment. He said I should look for a bigger place because my brother makes less money and he could afford my place and could f- I could find something better. But I don't want a bigger apartment. I have no pla- plans to have a family or partner where I would need anything more than one bedroom. And I put so much work into personalizing my apartment that this feels so unfair. My parents said I'd be an asshole for both kicking my brother out now for staying over and not giving him the place. Is that true? My brother does not pay rent to me. He used to stay here for a couple of days, but it's been turning into weeks. I did contact my landlord as of today. She hasn't responded yet, but she's so nice, so I hope she'll understand my situation. 
Also, additional info, I didn't know my parents or my dad would react like this. I thought he'd help me talk to him. We don't have a bad relationship. I'm trying to figure out why he thinks my brother should have my apartment too, but my dad hasn't been responsive since that conversation. That's crazy. It's your apartment. I'm sorry. You are not the asshole. Somebody says, I can't decide if your brother has always been your parents' favor or if they are just desperate to get a 32-year-old man out of their house. That makes sense. That makes sense. Not the asshole. Please do not let your family bully you into giving up the thing that you worked so hard for. Your brother is a grown-ass man. He's 32. He is old and can definitely find another place if he needs to and can't be a considerate guest. That is your space. He's 30. Let that man figure shit out. That is true. So this is the update. Um, several people asked me for an update. So here it is. I attempted to talk to my father again, but at this point, I'm assuming that a lot of the comments were right about them just wanting me to deal with my brother in their place. I took time off work to schedule... Took time off my work schedule to pack his shit together and waited for him to crash here after work again, since I still needed the key back. Looking back, probably not the best move, but I was stressed and tired. It was an awful fight, but it did end with him eventually leaving my apartment and returning my keys. The reason I didn't get the locks changed is because my landlord reminded me that this could be very expensive and she wouldn't cover the cost for me. It's been several days, and my brother has not contacted me since, nor attempted to enter my apartment. I'm still consider. Okay, that's crazy. <laughs> it's such a weird sentence. Like, wow. I'm still considering changing the locks and might do so soon with my landlord's permission and covering the cost myself. But it seems I have my space back. Like, to me, it's just crazy because for you not to have open communication like that with your siblings is very interesting. Like... I don't know. I have a lot of questions. He was staying with you. He was staying with you and your communication isn't that great. Where you're, you're like questioning if he's going to come back. Like just ask him. I don't know. Very interesting. The thing that really bothers me is how my relationship with my parents suddenly suffered so much from this. My initial reaction when I asked them to help me throw out my brother and my dad responding with the apartment switch was that they couldn't be serious. Apparently, they were. My mom did talk to me this week and said, since I am on good terms with my landlord, I could figure something out. It's completely ridiculous and almost comically evil at this point. I told her that's... I told her that that's how... that that's not how renting a space works. I don't even know if this is a pure entitlement or ego. doesn't matter, though. I decided to lower contact with them over this. Until they find out what they did wrong. Until they find out what they did. Just tell them what they did wrong. You're treating me unfairly. You are babying our brother. You're making me parent him. This is a conversation that you guys can have with him too. Why are you just having it with me? Regardless if they do or don't, my family are not the main characters of my life and I am done with being a doormat to them. I took some encouragement to stand up for myself and I want to thank everyone who gave it to me. Okay, well, you're welcome. I didn't do anything. <laughs> go you. Okay, let's go with another one. Am I the asshole for accepting to be a bridesmaid? Um, okay. 
my 25-year-old female best friend. So the girl that is speaking, she is a 25-year-old female. The best friend is Mark. He's 25 as well. So Mark is getting married to his fiancée, Natalie. That's also 25. Why does it matter? Why does he? Okay. All right. Sure. (laughs) Natalie asked me to be her bridesmaid two months ago and I gracefully accepted. Although I was kind of bothered, Mark didn't ask me to be a groomswoman. But I didn't voice it to them because I didn't want Natalie to get mad at me. Anyway, the past few weeks we've been going bridesmaids, dress and shoes, shopping until the bride finds something she likes for us. Jeez, everybody's going for weeks? That's way too much. Oh my god, I thought I was indecisive. She said we can pick the style of the dress as long as it is long and in lilac color. I don't like any of the stuff I try on since I never wear dresses and I've never worn high heels either. Okay. (laughs) Work. All bridesmaids found their dresses and shoes except me. Oh, no. Natalie has been personally assisting me in order to find the right fit. Yeah, I don't like anything. After looking up, I decided to ask her if I could wear some platform shoes I have and a lilac tube top and wide tailored pants. Okay. She has to see the look and seemed to consider it at first, but then changed the mind and said no. Why? If it's the same colors, if it's the same vibe? She said no, dress and heels only. She said my looks, my look looks like a corporate sus office look, not a bridesmaid one. I explained to her that I hate wearing dresses and high heels, and I don't know why I should have to. She said that I knew her requirements for the bridesmaids since day one, and if I was uncomfortable with those requirements, why did I accept being a bridesmaid in the first place? I told her I'd rather be a groomswoman instead and not a bridesmaid since I'm not into girly things after, and after all, Mark is my best friend, not her. She took great offense to it and told Mark, and Mark got into an argument with me and said that I owe Natalie an apology and how they're not doing groomswoman, and he tried to convince Natalie to take her as a bridesmaid to feel and how they're not doing groomswomen, and he tried to convince Natalie to take her as a bridesmaid to feel included, yet I insulted Natalie with my words and behavior. Why was she talking in third person right there? That's weird. Is she, is Miss Girl the asshole for not being flexible with dress wear? You know, two schools of thought. One, it's one night. Literally, Mark is your best friend. Best friend is a big deal. You can pull this together for one day. Like, is it's one day. It's what it's like five six seven hours and you probably only have to wear the heels for the pictures also any spanks any shapewear a good um eyeshadow hairstyle a good tan that stuff really pulls your looks together so you're not the asshole, but sh- but you're not innocent. Now, is Natalie the asshole for being so also not flexible? Um, is she the asshole for not being flexible? Um, I I think Natalie's more of the asshole for not being flexible. 
No, I think that they're equal. I think Natalie's more. Natalie should be more flexible. This girl should also be more flexible. So, maybe a dress with platform heels. Like, what's so wrong with that? Please. Let me see if they were platforms or just heels. I mean, or platform. So, they're platform shoes. Platform shoes are literally heels. You know, they're tall. They do make you taller. Oh, my God. That's what should have... That was sh that should have been the compromise is a dress with the platform shoes. Because literally if you wear um shapewear that feels like little capris or something or like shorts, you'll feel even more comfortable because you're not afraid of anything showing and you're all snuck like snatched and you feel good because yeah, that would have been the compromise. Okay, so what are people saying? Oh, wow, by the sounds of it, she was very, very patient with you. You do realize this isn't about you. <laughs> you letting, she's letting you pick and choose a dress and you couldn't suck it up, buttercup. I've, um, let's see. Um, somebody else says, I was in my close friend's wedding without, about a decade ago, I hate dresses and heels. Didn't even wear heels to my own wedding. My friend picked short, above-the-knee strapless mustard yellow dresses with hot pink belts that cut everyone off at the exact wrong spot and five-inch heels covered in rhinestones. I have super pals, cool olive skin tone. I look like I was dying of a terminal illness wearing mustard yellow. That's kind of how my complexion looked as soon as we started this video. If you're watching the video. Um, let's see, I, but I did with a smile on my face and my friend will never know how much I despise that dress and how fast it was donated to the Goodwill as soon as I flew back home. That's just being a bridesmaid. She looked and felt fabulous. We spent the night yanking our dresses up by the reception. Enough drinks had been had that the belts and the shoes came off anyway, without anyone caring. It's a few hours of disgust. That is exactly what I said. That is exactly what I said. A few hours is nothing. Let's see. Um, not only that, but the bride even considered um, the look, in spite of it being a tube-top pantsuit that didn't fit with the aesthetic, she did consider it. She was open to suggestions. If the person could have found a romper-style dress that might work, you know, it's true, like, you really, before freaking out, before, like, starting a fight, try a little bit harder to compromise, try a little bit harder to be flexible. Hmm. And then, yeah, 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 because it's, at first I was just like, is the bride being more of an asshole? Like, she's not, because the pictures are forever. You know, aesthetically, it kind of matters because pictures are forever. At the same time, it's just, it's just an outfit, or you know. Um, and then again, it's just an outfit. Like it's just a couple hours. Get it together. Okay. Um. Let's see one more. Oh, 
Okay. Am I the asshole for not wanting to stop my stepdaughter from calling me mom? Little backstory, I'm going to use fake dra- names. I'm 29, I have woman. I've been with Eric, 32, for almost 12 years. When I met him, he had a daughter, Lisa, who was three at the time. Lisa, to me, is such an older name for an older person. And now she's 14. Her mom left when she was only one. I helped him raise her, so... Wow. Wow. That's that's 11 years. I helped him raise her, and when she was about 7 years old, she started calling me mom. We had a conversation about it with Eric. We agreed to explain to her that I was not her mom, and but that it didn't have, but that it didn't have to stop her from calling me mom. She understood and kept calling me mom. A little less than a year ago, Lisa's mom, Mary, reached out to Eric and asked to be back in her life. He accepted under some conditions. She would start by visiting on weekends only to not rush Lisa, and it had to be at our house. It always went well, so then. We allowed her to take her to hers on the weekend. All three of us eventually told her that Mary was her real mom. Okay, trauma. Like, who was she just hanging out with? This random person? <laughs> and just this random woman? That probably looks like her? I mean, how long did it take you to, to tell her the truth? It's very interesting. But this little girl, Miss Lisa, she took it well and was happy. Recently, after dropping Lisa off, Mary texted me and told me that since Lisa knew who her real mom was, I should make her stop calling me mom because it was confusing her. And because of that, she was calling her real mom by her name. That is not... (laughs) That is very much on purpose. You're a stranger, Miss Ma'am. Miss Mary Ma'am. I said I had no control over what Lisa called her. That... Her comeback was still recent, and she should give her time before expecting anything. She said that I was selfish and deliberately preventing her daughter and her from forming a real mom-daughter bond. I only replied that Lisa would start treating her like her mom when she felt ready to, and that once again, I wouldn't push her to do anything. I talked about it with Eric, and he told me that he understood both sides. Um, mm-hmm, all right. As it probably wasn't easy for Mary either, especially seeing her daughter call another woman mom. I mean, Mary feeling weird that her daughter is calling another woman mom. Yes, that is, I understand that. But Mary thinking that by having a conversation of don't call me mom, it's going to make miss lisa automatically call mary mom like why you don't tell people like that you know mom and dad is so touchy it's so like okay all right let's see i also confided in my mom and she kind of said the same thing that it was costing me nothing to take a little step back and give them a chance to form a real mother-daughter bond I feel like it's a huge step, no, maybe a slap in the face. It's a step, it's a slap in the face to tell somebody that you watched grow up for 11, 12 years to stop calling you mom when they've been calling you mom for the past seven years. 
um, asking for my mom, she kind of said the same thing, that it was costing me nothing. So now she's torn because this girl, the the writer, I'm torn because I don't want to make Lisa stop calling me mom, but maybe it's a, it is selfish and it could help Mary get closer to Lisa. Am I the asshole for now wanting to make her stop calling me mom? Sorry about that. Somebody says, thank you for your kind words and advices. I deeply appreciate it. I decided to follow your advice and have a talk with Lisa. Okay. And I thought of maybe see if she'd be okay to also have a talk with me, her bio mom and my husband, but I don't want her to feel pressured. So I'll see first how our conversation goes and I'll definitely talk to about family therapy with my husband. So people are saying, not the asshole. It's not a decision for anyone to make a separate release. That is true. That is what I'm saying. All right. Let's see something else. I say this with the utmost kindness. You need to respect yourself more and stop referring to Mary as a real mom. She is a birth mother. A real mom shows up, hugs away pain, celebrates the joy. You are a real mom. Your kid is 14. She gets to dictate the relationship she has with you, her mom, and Mary, her birth mother. Okay. The relationship with you, her mom, and Mary, her birth mother. So that's true. Yeah, there's differences. Wow, that kind of gave me chills right there. Okay. Mary was 18 and not ready to be a mom, so she left. That's it. My husband tried to get back in contact with Mary, talked to their parents, called her phone, but no answers. There were letters given to her parents. We didn't know what they did with them. What she told us is that she left for France because she had an aunt who lived there and only recently came back in the U.S. Still, she left, though. Sorry. Like, that's a decision that you made, and that's a decision you continuously made for 14, 13 years. So, what can you really do? Not the asshole. Don't listen to them. Talk to your daughter. Not the asshole. Your daughter is 14. See, everybody's like, that is your daughter. <laughs> Not the asshole. Family is more than blood. You raised Lisa since she was straight. Literally, Lisa feels like <laughs> like a grown-up to me. Okay. That is it for this week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. And I hope you have a good rest of the week. And I love you guys. And I will see you next week.